Yes, friend. You are back. I am. That I've is, missed everyone. We missed you. Well, I missed you. We're very happy that, you know, things yes. have calmed down a little bit yes. and, and you're you're back. Thank you for having me. I missed everybody. Um you want to chat about anything before we get going? No, not really. Just glad to be here. Okay. I missed you. It's weird film uh, filming, recording with Chris. I'm sure. I love him, but, you know, it's... He's a doll. Well, um, and we recorded at night. Oh, fancy which, which, Oh, <laughs> fancy. It threw me off. I'm sure. Because we recorded once on Halloween. Oh, okay. And then the other time we recorded, uh, it, it was it was dark out. I'm like, this is weird. Did he uh, did he talk? Oh yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I he he's smart boy. Uh, I'm glad I'm back. Yes. Yeah. We're all happy. Yes. Um, would you like to start us off in prayer? Sure. Okay. All right. Here we go. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word today. I ask that you would increase my wisdom and understanding as I read and speak to me through your word, Lord. I pray that your word would create in me a clean mind and a renewed heart. Hide your words in the folds of my heart for times of need by myself or others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we are on 1st Samuel chapters 4 through 7 and uh, let's do a recap of chapters 1 through 3 now Hannah was very upset she couldn't have any children and prayed while at the tabernacle and the Lord blessed her with a son named Samuel Uh, Hannah lived up to her word and gave Samuel over to the Lord he became an assistant to the high priest Eli Eli's sons, who were also priests, were not faithful to the Lord. And the Lord had also spoken to Samuel at a very young age. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, The only thing I had was his chain of command. Did you guys talk about that? Well, go ahead. I just had one thing that always spoke to me um, regarding Samuel 3, 8 and 9. It says... God's chain of command is based on faith, not on age or position. In finding faithful followers, God may use unexpected channels. Be prepared for the Lord to work at any place, any time, and through anyone he chooses. Wasn't that a wonderful note? Yes. It could be a sinner. Yeah. It could be anybody. And, you know, it could be really someone you don't expect. Yeah. A stranger. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I loved that. I think we all run into people, and there's a reason why we run into them. Amen. For sure. I agree. Anything else? No. Okay, so moving on to chapter four. Israel was at war with the Philistines, who defeated them. And the Israelite leaders didn't understand why the Lord allowed them to be defeated and believed bringing the Ark of the Covenant into battle would save them. The Israelites were very happy when the Ark made its way into their camp from Shiloh. And the Philistines panicked when they heard what the Israelites had done, yet Israel was defeated again in battle. 
the Ark of the Covenant was captured and Eli's sons were killed, which the Lord told Eli that was going to happen at the beginning of of 1 Samuel. Um, Did you have any notes for for this part, for chapter 4? I have something you want me to read. Um, No, not yet. Okay. Um, For the beginning, I have... um, the Philistines, the Philistines, descendants of Noah's son Ham, settled along the southern Mediterranean coast between Egypt and Gaza. They were originally one of the sea peoples who had migrated to the Middle East in ships from Greece to Crete. But by Samuel's time, these warlike people were well established in five of Gaza's cities in southwest Canaan and were constantly pressing inland against the Israelites. Throughout this time, the Philistines were Israel's major enemy. Now, last uh, last session, Chris and I, well, Chris was actually questioning about um, the Ark and... Um, you know, it was it was going to be brought into battle, and why wasn't it effective and whatnot? So we briefly talked about that, but I was telling him, um, it, it everything is kind of summed up in this one note. The Ark of the Covenant contained the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses. The Ark was supposed to be kept in the most holy place, a sacred part of the tabernacle that only the high priest could enter once a year. Hophni and Phinehas desecrated the room by unlawfully entering it and removing the ark. The Israelites rightly recognized the great holiness of the ark, but they thought that the ark itself, the wood and metal box, was their source of power. They began to use it as a good luck charm, expecting it to protect them from their enemies. A symbol of God does not guarantee his presence and power. Their attitude toward the ark came perilously close to idol worship. When the ark was captured by their enemies, they thought that Israel's glory was gone and that God had deserted them. God uses his power according to his own wisdom and will. He responds to the faith of those who seek him. Because we had just briefly touched on that. Yeah. So it's it, it's your faith in the Lord, not the, the, the item. Yes. Now, did you have any other notes for that first part? I didn't. Okay. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 13. Eli was waiting beside the road to hear the news of the battle, for his heart trembled for the safety of the ark of God. When the messenger arrived and told what had happened, an outcry resounded throughout the town. And this is horrible. I'm... Eli, because Eli is now 98 years old and blind. Mm-hmm. And he, he was told that Israel had been defeated, his sons were killed, and the ark had been captured. Um, Phineas's pregnant wife also heard the news and had gone into labor, labor and gave birth to their son. And she died in childbirth. Yeah. Now, would you mind reading um, chapter 4, verse 18, please? When the messengers mentioned what happened in the ark, happened to the ark of god eli fell backward from his seat beside the gate he broke his neck and died for he was old and overweight he had been israel's judge for 40 years my goodness i know now you know what was interesting about that verse it was the ark that was specifically noted yeah before he fell yeah it wasn't the death of his sons no 
So I think he knew, okay, that that was coming. Yeah. Like he was kind of expecting yeah. that. Yeah, probably. But it was the arc that that, that, that affected him so much. Because it was captured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any more notes for chapter four? Um, I have, Isra Eli was Israel's judge and high priest. His death marked the end of the dark period of the judges when most of the nation ignored God. Although Samuel was also a judge, his career spanned to the transition from Israel's rule by judges to the nation's monarchy. He began the great revival that Israel would experience for the next century. The Bible does not say who became the next high priest. Samuel was not eligible because he was not a direct descendant of Aaron. But Samuel acted as high priest at this time by offering the important sacrifices throughout Israel. This incident Israel illustrates the spiritual darkness and decline of Israel. This young boy, Ichabod, was supposed to succeed his father, Phineas in the priesthood. But his father had been killed because he was an evil man who desecrated the tabernacle. The terror of God's leaving his people overshadowed the joy of childbirth. When sin dominates our lives, even God-given joys and pleasures seem empty. Mm. Uh, anything else for cha <clears throat> chapter 4? No, I don't have anything. Okay, so chapter 5. The Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. And in um, verses 2 through 5... They carried the Ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. But when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again, but the next morning the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the Ark of the Lord again. This time his head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. This is why to this day neither the priests of Dagon nor anyone who enters the temple of Dagon in Ashdod will step on its threshold. Um, did you have notes for, for that part? Yes. Dagon was the chief god of the Philistines, who they believed sent rain and assured a bountiful harvest. But the Philistines, like most of their pagan neighbors, worshipped many gods. The more gods they could have on their side, the more secure they felt. That was why they wanted the ark, thinking that it, if it helped the Israelites, it could help them too. But when the people living nearby began to get sick and die, the Philistines realized that the ark was not a good omen. It was a source of greater power than they had ever seen, power they could not control. Mm. Like you just said, you know, they, they couldn't keep it there anymore mm -mm. because the Lord had struck their villages with plagues of tumors. Yes. And then it, the same thing happened when they took the ark to another town. Yep. Absolutely. He just kept striking down people with tumors. Yep. Um, anything else for chapter five? Just that the ark had been taken to three capitals and each time it brought great trouble and chaos to the citizens. Wow, three capitals. Yep. Yeah, the Lord just, he he was not no. going to let that happen. No, not at all. Okay, so chapter six. Now, after seven months, the Philistines realized they had to send the Ark of God back to the Israelites. It was causing too much pain for them. 
and the Philistine priest suggested sending the ark back with a guilt offering consisting of five gold tumors and five gold rats. The ark and the offerings were placed on a cart and sent back to Israel. That's a, quite a combination. I know. Yeah. And then if you would please read verses 14 through 16. Sure. Let me get to that. The cart came into the field of a man named Joshua and stopped beside a large rock. So the people broke up the wood of the cart for a fire and killed the cows and sacrificed them to the Lord as a burnt offering. So several men of the tribe of Levi lifted the ark of the Lord, lifted the ark of the Lord and the chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors from the cart and placed them on a large rock. Many sacrifices and burnt offerings were offered to the Lord that day by the people of Beth Shemesh. The five Philistine rulers watched all this and then returned to Ekron that same day. Yeah, thank you. Did mm-hmm. you have any notes for that part, for that those verses? The Philistine priests and diviners devised a test to see if God was really the one who had caused their recent troubles. Two cows had just given birth and had never been yoked, were hitched to a cart and seen sent toward Israel border carrying the Ark of the Covenant. For a cow to leave her nursing calf, she would have to go against her motherly instincts. Only God has the power over the natural order could cause this to happen. God sent the cows to Israel not to pass the Philistines' tests, but to show them his mighty power. That's all I had. Okay, um, so 70 Israelites made the mistake. The Israelites got the Ark back. And 70 Israelites had made the mistake of looking into the Ark of the Covenant and were killed. Um, the, the people of that town, Beth Shemesh, no longer wanted the Ark with them, so it was moved. And in part, in Samuel uh, chapter 7, verse 1, it says, They took it to the hillside home of Abinadab and ordained Eleazar his son to be in charge of it. Uh, that must have been something just to have the Ark of the Covenant brought to to your home. Yes, and the Ark was with Abinadab for twenty years. Twenty years. Uh, did you have notes for the rest of chapter six? I had. Um, God could not allow the people to think they could use His power for their own needs. He could not permit them to disregard His warnings and come to His presence lightly. He did not want the cycle of disrespect, disobedience, and defeat to start all over again. God did not kill the men of Beth Shemesh to be cruel. He killed them because overlooking their presumptuous sin would encourage the whole nation to ignore God. And that falls in line with everything God has done. You know, he, he didn't want anyone falling back into old ways. No. That just would have made it, anybody would have did that. Mm Mm-hmm. Any other notes for six? Nothing for six. Uh, I had one other little note. Uh, Why wasn't the Ark taken back to the tabernacle at Shiloh? Shiloh had probably been defeated and destroyed by the Philistines in an earlier battle because of the evil deeds of its priests. Shiloh was never again mentioned in the historical books of the Old Testament. Wow. So it had to go somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to chapter 7. And if we, you would please read verses 3 and 4. 
Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you are really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. Determine to obey the Lord, then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshipped only the Lord. So Samuel also prayed for the Israelites and offered a young lamb as a burnt offering. And the Israelites defeated the Philistines next time they attacked and they didn't invade again for some time. Uh, did you have notes for chapter 7? Um, how easy is it for us to complain about our problems even to God while we refuse to act, change, and do what he requires? We don't even take advice when he has already given us don't take the advice he already has given us do you ever feel as god abandoned you to check and see if there is anything he has already told you to do you may not receive new guidance from god until you have acted on previous directions and then i have that's good to remember yes baal was believed to be the son of el chief deity of the canaanites baal was regarded as the god of thunder and rain Thus, he controlled vegetation and agriculture. Ashtoreth was a goddess of love and war. She was called Ishtar in Babylon and Astarte or Aphrodite in Greece. She represented fertility. The Canaanites believed that by the sexual union of Baal and Ashtoreth, the world would be magically rejuvenated and made fertile. Hmm. Hmm. Did you have anything else? That's all I have. I had a couple other notes. Um, Samuel urged the Israelites to get rid of their foreign gods. Idols today are much more subtle than gods of wood and stone, but they are just as dangerous. Whatever holds first place in our lives or control us is our God. Money, success, material goods, pride, or anything else can be an idol if it takes the place of God in our lives. The Lord alone is worthy of our service and worship, and we must let nothing rival him. If we have foreign gods, we need to ask God to help us dethrone them, making the true God our first priority. You know, I just thought that was that was a really good note because there are some things that I don't even re like recognize sometimes yeah. as being an idol. You know, like pride or something like that. Not that I'm like prideful right. in that way, but it could be an idol. It could be. Um, and also electronics. Yes, that's like what I was going to say. The computer, the phone. I mean, gosh. I know. That's true. You know, and I'm not, I'm not judging anyone because I spend my fair share of time on the computer and the phone. Yeah. But you do. You If you just look around... No matter where you are, yeah, people just have their face down in oh. their in their phones, yeah, or their earphones on, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe take a step back and and see what's what what's taking priority in your life. Yes. And then, um, lastly, I had Samuel became the last in the long line of Israel's judges. A judge was both a political and a religious leader. God was Israel's true leader while the judges well excuse me while the judge was to be God's spokesperson to the people and administer of justice throughout the land while some of Israel's judges relied more on their own judgment than on God's 
Samuel's obedience and dedication to God made him one of the greatest judges in Israel's history. Anything else? No, I don't have anything. Well, that was a short session. Oh, it was. You know, I wanted to say even Bible studies can be, uh, take your time up. Now talk about that, because I think a lot of people would, would think, I'm in a Bible study, like I, I'm investing in time with the Lord. Yes, but, you know, if you're just, you know, you're investing in time, but if you're, you know, we, we are doing Bible study, Bible study, but we've got to give of our time too, like to give give time to helping at the church or, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to just be all studying. Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to be in a relationship with God, but you, as a Christian, you want to also give your time to the church or wherever you feel that is fit, mm -hmm. a well-rounded doing Bible study after Bible study after Bible, like all day, every day, doing all these Bible studies isn't good either. Okay, so so become more well-rounded. Yeah, and you know, it's very important to, to serve. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, does that get you into heaven? No, but I really think when you are a saved person, you know, our works do not get us into heaven, but you feel like you want to help people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that may look different for everybody. Some people can't do that. Mm -hmm. Maybe theirs is making a phone call to someone that's homebound. Yeah. Maybe they can't physically go anywhere, mm -hmm. but they could just pick a phone number, a random phone number. That's a wonderful point. You know, I mean, I, you know... And maybe some people are very shy or what what have you. Or maybe somebody has a couple extra bucks. I used to work at a church and every month, a, a day or two, there would be a day or two difference. This lady would come and bring $25. Hmm. She didn't go to the church. She didn't ever oh. give her name. She just handed an envelope with $25 and I put it, you know, for them to count the next thing. I put it in a... And, you know, that was the way she could she could do what oh. she could do. Okay. Who knows what you can do? You, maybe your way of giving back is praying for the country, mm -hmm. praying for a specific whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that's important. Yeah. But if you love to read every day, read the Bible every day, that's great if that's what you want to do. But I think... You do need to pray and stuff too, but that's my opinion. That's just me. Sure. No, but that makes sense. You don't want to become so, just so intently focused. You're not um, giving in other ways. Yeah. And being fed in other ways, like fellowship. Yes. With other sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ, you know. Because mm -hmm. someone may need you too. Mm -hmm. Just as you need them, someone need, may need what you need to say, too. Yeah, and we've talked about this. And if it, even if it's not comfortable for you, well, not you, but I mean like yeah. anybody, if it's not comfortable for someone, having a little conversation with someone. Because maybe there's something that you can help them with in their life. Yeah. Maybe there's a little something, you know, that, that's going to help them get over a hump of oh. some sort. Or vice versa. Yeah. You just don't know. 
you don't know um you know or 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 like you said like serving at your church or just calling someone up yeah just calling someone up yeah how are you or i just bless your day or whatever mm -hmm. you know i don't know you never know no you don't you 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 don't. Um, and I think as you pray on it, uh, the Lord will make things more visible to you yes. as to how you can um, help others. Because yeah. there's so many different ways you oh, can. No kidding. There's no cookie cutter way of, of serving others. No. Not, never. No. Was there anything else you wanted to chat about? No, I don't. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some information. Um, the email is basicbiblestudy19, the number 19, at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com, and all the links can be found there. Um, the Facebook page, I think, will become a little bit more valuable as we move on because we're working through the chronological Bible. And there... There are spots coming up where we'll have parallel verses. So say in like Second Samuel, there will be a parallel verse for a different book. Yes. So to have those, um, you know, written down somewhere so you can kind of take a peek. 100%. Um, yeah. So for next time, we will be looking at First Samuel chapters 8 through 16. Okay. It's a bigger chunk. But it's going to be a good chunk. Yes, it is. Um, but, yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, contact us if you have any prayer requests, if you have any comments, questions. And we will catch you next time. Have a blessed day.